Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. When we went to break, we were in Oilers Game Day Trivia, presented by St. Albert's Sports Source for Sports, your hockey headquarters for over 35 years. That's St. Albert Source for Sports. Brendan, the question was, after Jim Nill finished up, playing for the Medicine Hat Tigers, which Canadian college did he go play for? Answer is the uh, University of Calgary Dinos. And uh, congrats to Ryan, who knew that one first. Yeah, he was at the UFC in uh, 78-79, and that was at the time in which the Alberta Golden Bears banged off three straight national championships. And if I recall correctly, uh, in the 79-80 season, Calgary had actually beaten Alberta in the Canada West final and thought they'd vanquished. Rob LaBelle always used to tell me this story. He was a sales guy here in town for a number of years. And the Bears got the uh, bonus invite to the University Cup in 1980. It was in Regina and ended up winning the national championships after being eliminated in the conference final. So, but Jim Nill played at the UFC. He was one tough dude. Uh, there's no question about that. All right, couple texts here coming in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. John says, Bob, the Edmonton Oilers missed out. They should have grabbed Ryan Reeves when he was available or get uh, a guy like him. Having someone like him on the ice bench would make the Oilers all grow a couple of inches and puff their chests out a bit. Uh, just for fun, John and Brendan, skull testing trivia question. Do you, know, do you know what Minnesota's record is since I got Ryan Reeves? Not sure, no. Nine and two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, there's a great piece written by Mike Russo in The Athletic on uh, Ryan Reeves, Jordan Reeves, his brother who plays in CFL for the Edmonton Elks, and uh, Willard Reeves, of course, who is a uh, Hall of Fame CFL player, was a dominant CFL rusher that the Edmonton Eskimos at the time traded to Winnipeg in a deal that included Steve Hall, the father of the Boston Bruins, Taylor Hall, of course, the former number one overall pick. And a special shout-out to Cactus Jack, and I'm feeling for everybody back in Edmonton. Uh, it is plus nine in South Lake, uh, Texas today. It is minus 19 Celsius in Antarctica, and it is minus 29 in Edmonton. Ouch. Hang in there, everybody. Stay warm. All right. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. As promised, uh, momentarily, uh, we'll uh, get into the, uh, our conversation with Jim Nill. A reminder, uh, you can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Same number, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted at Ashley Five Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. We will tell you, Japanese Village for 50 years, Edmonton's destination for a celebration of the census. Reserved today at jvedmonton.ca. As we uh, go to our orders now, headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. No question. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And that's to our 101 conversation with Dallas General Manager, Jim Nill. Jim, first of all, thank you for doing this. Um, obviously, it's been a pretty good start to the season for the Dallas Stars. 
Yeah, Bob, Bob, it's always a pleasure to be on yeah. your program, so I appreciate that. Yeah, no, we've got off to a good start. You know, you, when you're, you know, you always got a game plan when you start the year, and you, you hope it's going to come to fruition, but uh, it, it's worked out well. Uh, our, you know, Pete DeBoer and his coaching staff have done a good job. The players have gelled, and we're pretty fortunate. We, we knew we had a group of players coming along that we're getting close to taking that next step and they have taken it so that's that's made the big difference for our team it's interesting because when i looked at your team a couple years ago i thought could they be aging out but the reality is your number one goalie your best defenseman and right now your best forward all came from the same draft right from that 2017 draft and i is it fair to say and you need a little bit of luck, but did they kind of jumpstart things for you here a little bit? Well, they did. They jumpstarted, and and what you said, they 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 uh, stopped us from taking probably a big dip. You know, we had a core here. You know, it was Jamie Ben, uh, you know, Tyler Sagan, uh, you know, a bunch of guys. You know, we go back even earlier than that. You know, when Jason Spezza was here, right. uh, Patrick Sharp. We had a pretty good group, a good core here. Alice Hemsky was here for a while. I had a good core that was here for five, six, seven, eight years, and. They were starting to hit their peak. Some guys aged out already, and some other guys were starting to hit that curve. And all of a sudden, this 2017 draft group came in, and uh, they've kind of now took us to another level. And we've got another group of young guys coming in that are going to, I think, take us to another level on top of that. we got, you know, Wyatt Johnson in our lineup. we got Logan Stankoven. People saw him in Edmonton, the World Juniors. Um, we got Thomas Harley down in the minors, Maverick Bork in the minors. So we got some good pieces coming. So... I, I tip my hat to our scouting staff. They did a great job, um, and it stopped us from t- probably taking a bigger dip than we were scared we might have to take. Jim, I'm going to age myself, but I did Thomas Harley's father, Brian Harley's games, when he was a goaltender at the yeah, U of A right. back in the late 1980s. <laughs> and, and let's be honest, if your owner didn't also own the Kamloops Blazers, and the Blazers are hosting the Memorial <laughs> Cup. I don't buy for a second that Stan Kovic isn't good enough to push for an NHL spot. Like, he's really close. So I want to specifically maybe just start a goal because you guys, the Flames had a great season last year. You guys pushed them hard. That's a one-bounce yeah. series, right? Like, and, and to be frank with you, I was surprised at how the Oilers' Flames series went, but Jake Hodinger got on everybody's radar screen. Uh, you guys invested a first-round pick, and it, there are, you know, history would suggest that is a somewhat risky move to, to use a first on a goaltender. Now, you'd already had a first in that draft, but just take us uh, maybe through the, the con, you know, conceptually why you elected to go down that path and you had the confidence that Ottinger was going to be the guy. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite a, it's funny how things work out. He, he actually is a product of the Patrick Eves trade. We traded Patrick Eves that that uh, that season earlier to uh, to Anaheim. They were on a they had a pretty good team on a playoff run. I think we might even played Edmonton. I believe maybe. And uh, he did. He, we traded him for a second round pick. And if they got so far in the place, he became a first. So that became the first round pick for us. And we're in the draft and. We knew that you know Ben Bishop was was starting to age out a little bit, so we needed another goalie, and uh, we had a good feel for Jake. And we saw him. You know, I lived in Detroit. Saw him in the under 18s, under 17s, U.S. program. A good young goalie come up through the college ranks. So our scouts had a good feel for him. We moved up a couple picks because I thought there were some teams maybe. Yeah, you know, it was later in the first round picks, in the first round. So you know the teams are going to start making moves. So we moved up two or three spots. We used a Chicago trade with Chicago to get him, and he's been everything we could wish for. He's. Uh, 
you know, first of all, he's, he's a good goalie, but he's a good person. And he's one of those guys that the team loves to play in front of him. That, that's important. So he's a big bring up. He's a big addition for us. We're joined by Dallas GM, Jim Nill, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Jim, what did you guys know about Jason Robertson that nobody knew? <laughs> well, you know, our guys, they, they loved, you know, they loved the skill level. And the big knock on him was the skating. And that's why he dropped. Uh, and once again, we're fortunate. We're picking uh, a little bit higher in that second round. And, uh, you know, you go back after that first round, you go back to your room that night and start re-examining. He's a guy, we had, we had him in, in the later round, in the first round. And he was at kind of the top of our board still. And we're fortunate he dropped. So, uh, but you know, he had—he's a great example about development. You know, people think that these guys, you know, just come in and they're just good from day one. He's a guy. He put in his work. He's a—he's a hockey fanatic. He'll be the last guy off the ice here today. They'll coach up to kick him off the ice. He loves hockey. You know, him and his brother train together in Detroit, and they moved the family to Detroit to train so they could be in a hockey environment. So, got to tip the hat to the player. He's developed himself into who he's become now. All right, and then with uh, you know Heiskin, and you obviously had Klingberg, who for years kind of ran your power play and might have been the best guy walking uh, the blue line in the entire league, a right shot, but uh, you know, in Miro's case, he's obviously taken on a little bit more, I think it's fair to say this here, but he's he, he's already been playing big minutes for you yeah. for a while. Every bit worth that investment, that pick, where you took him at? Yeah. Know, in the draft thing. No, he, he was season elite player. He, he's uh he just does everything for us. He's our, he's our engine. You know, he plays 25 to 28 minutes every night. Uh, you can put him up against the best players. He skates so well. He's got a he's a little bit of a, and I don't like to make comparisons, but he's got a little bit of a Scott Niedermeyer, Nick Lidstrom. He's got the Scott Niedermeyer legs, and they got the Nick Lidstrom stick and head, and it's a good combination. And, and he, he's still, I think he's got another level to go to, to tell you the truth. You know, he's still, we forget sometimes he's, he's only 23 years old and really starting to come into his own. So he's the leader of our back end, and he's, he's the engine of our team. What I uh, watch you guys play, like when I watch five foot pass, like when I watch Lidstrom, he can make that it's it's crazy. It's just like quarterbacks that, you know, they couldn't sit there and, and, and hit a safety, you know, going back into like they had too much heat on balls when they'd flare one out to the running back. You have to be able to make that throw in football and you have to be able to make that pass as a defenseman, right? It kind of defines you a little bit. So you got this, you have this, this, this young group that is, you still have, you know, Ben and Sagan, and Ben has been rejuvenated, at least statistically this year, was a menace against the Oilers. And, and, uh, but just a, a thought, you know, he had a tough year last year. Was there, was there a, a come to Jesus moment for him off the ice where he really, did he change something or was it just a byproduct of maybe playing with some different players this year? What is it? Uh, it's probably a combination of all those. You know, he did have a coming to Jesus time. He, nobody care, cares about the team and wants to win more than Jamie Ben. He's our captain, our leader. You know, you, we saw him in the bubble. Uh, you know, he, he led the way there and he was yeah. devastated when we lost in the finals. It, it was tough for him. And, uh, but he, uh, he changed his training. He knows the game's getting a little bit faster. So he's, you know, he's a big, heavy guy, plays a power forward game, but he knew he had to get a little quicker and he's done that. And I think playing with the, he's playing with Wyatt Johnson, you know, younger, younger guy. And I think that's rejuvenated him. And uh, he's kind of a unicorn. Not a lot of those Jamie Benz left in the game anymore. No. Hard to find a guy that has a physical presence. He can, he can uh, dictate the game physically and he can dictate it with a skill. And he's doing both right now for us. You know, he's, I think he's got 12 or 13 goals, I believe, something like that. Uh, he's, he's been a horse on the power play. Uh, he played with White. White Johnson just got his eighth goal and it's because of Jamie Benn. You know, they, they've got a great chemistry going and uh, he's, he's enjoying hockey again. So we were watching Xavier Borgo last year and he had a great year in the Quebec League and he played with a prospect of yours, Maverick Bork, who frankly I thought drove that team. 
But the whole time I was watching that, I was watching Wyatt Johnson put up 124 points last year in the OHL. Like, did you guys, did you, is there something about where what you're emphasizing as from a, a scouting perspective? Do, do the players you take have to, you know, skill part of it, like they've got to be able to score? I know there's some clubs around the league that are like, if they can't score, it, we don't want them if they can't score at any level. Yeah, you know, why it's a, why it's a great story. That, that was Joe McDonnell. Joe had a great feel for him. That was the COVID year. He, yeah. ended, he played seven games for yeah. us. And now we're fortunate we caught all seven here in Dallas. That was at the under-18 World Championships. And uh, But Joe McDonnell had a great feel for him. He saw him as an underage in uh, Windsor and just, he did his homework on us, thought there was something special about him, and Joe was right. There was, but uh, you know, we've we're always bouncing different philosophies. We're like every team. You're always trying to analyze. You know, is it all skill? Is it size? Is it power? It's combination. And you know, in the end, uh, you know, our scouts have to make that final call. Leave that up to them. But uh, they've done a good job for us. Uh, we've got a good influx of skill. We still think we're a pretty heavy team, which you have to have, especially if you're going to survive in the playoffs. It's finding that that mix. Uh, but uh, the young guys coming up all have real good skill. You talked about Maverick Bork, uh, Logan, Stan, Coven. Those guys all have good skill, and our scouts have done a good job. Ahead. All right, three more questions for you. You, you made a you, coaching change, uh, and you brought in a coach that wherever he goes, the first year in particular, there's a big spike with that team. Was that part of the alert? Uh, you, you noted that's part of his resume, yes. But I, I'm fortunate. I know Pete going back to when I was in Detroit. He yeah. was he was coaching in Plymouth. He was coaching in Kitchener all through there. So got to know him real well going way back, even when he just just started really uh, uh, started coaching. Knew him when Adam Graves, who's an old Edmonton other. Sure. When he got married, he was one of his best men. So known Pete for a long time. And uh, just uh, I loved how he coached. I got to work with him at the World Championships and checked the one year when he won the gold medal with the team. Canada. Uh, so got to know him really well, seen his background, and I just thought he was a good fit for our team. He, uh, Joe Pavelski played for him in San Jose and raved about him. So a real good connection to a lot of the players and myself there, and he's been everything we, we could ever want. How much, uh, I mean, you, you you know, you worked for Ken Holland and obviously, you know, had a very good relationship with him for a number of years. How much analytics does Dallas do? Do, you, do? Is it something... I know teams at times, it's not the Cadbury secret, but they don't necessarily want to reveal... But is it part of the evaluation process for Dallas's organization? Yeah, it is part of it. We, we've we created a whole department now. We, we, you know, you got us. We're all looking for that one percent advantage, yes. and, and that's what we're doing. Uh, but I, there's a common ground to it too. It's got some great things, uh, and it's got some things we're trying to figure out. And that's part of the tough. Our sport might be the toughest for analytics because of our sport. It's not a one-on-one. It's not a pitcher against a hitter, um, you know, type of scenario. It's and, not stop and start. Football not, yeah, well, football, right? yeah. So there's a lot of work. I think every team's trying to figure out what is relevant, what is important, and that's where we're at. But are we into it? Yes. And I think every team in the league is. All right. And how much, and, you know, obviously we've noticed a little bit of change the last couple of years. The, the impact of Connor and Leon has helped in the procurement of players and the recruiting process in free agency. This has never been a market that's had an issue attracting players. I mean, this is a, it's funny, it's not the easiest market to get to, relative, and you don't have a I mean, who would your closest rival be here? I don't know. We're St. Louis and Nashville. Those right. are two closest teams. Two closest. And those are an hour and a half. Right. <laughs> pretty but, but, 
I, I think it be, would it be fair to say that you do have a chance to you know get players that are 27 to 32 because because it is Dallas. Is that fair? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's fair. It's now you still have to be a good team, and that's something I talked when I came here with uh, Tom Gillardy and his, his dad when we're uh, you know when I agreed to come down here. You, you got to make sure you got to be relevant. You got to have a good team. You got to do things professionally and stuff, and that's what we've done. And Tom's given me the the, the resources to do that. And uh, if you're a good team, you're going to be able to draw players and uh, players like it down here they enjoy it got a great fan base you know for not being a hockey market right. there's a great fan base there's a lot of you know we're one of those markets when we when Pittsburgh comes here there's a lot of Pittsburgh fans uh, it's a it's a big economic market here a lot of head offices here so you got a lot of people from all over the US that have moved here so pretty good fan base that way and uh, but our fan base is really starting to solidify here and, you know we've, we've had some pretty good years here so it's really starting to kind of come together you've known uh, Ken Hall in a long time you know medicine hat guys back in the day and he obviously went off to the University of Calgary and he he went and played pro and you guys worked your way up and what's the if you were to use a couple of words to def- for our listeners right now to define Ken and your you know what would those words be you well, first of all I, I, I owe a lot to Kenny Kenny and I, we go way back I had to block a lot of shots for him he was a goalie so I had to do a lot of blocking yeah, shots right. so he owed me a little bit okay. but then he brought me into Detroit and uh, we've had a, you know our families know each other so we go back a long long right. time uh, many too many years uh, but uh, so much respect for him and I owe a lot of my uh, my my situation my development to Kenny and that so but he's he's a great man the biggest thing with Kenny he's got patience don't worry he, he knows he knows what he's doing and and in this game there is no patience and the sports I guess probably in the world overall there's no patience but he knows what he's doing he knows what he wants and uh, he's going to get the job done and there's nobody more passionate about wanting to win than Ken Holland there you go that is Jim Nill the general manager of the Dallas Stars when we come back in orders now Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse all right, welcome back, everybody. It is 122 in Edmonton, as promised. Let's get to a one-on-one conversation with Edmonton Oilers defenseman, Darnell Nurse. Well, Darnell, first of all, uh, before we get to the hockey stuff, uh, you know, what's it been like, you know, having the dads around here over the course of the last couple of days? Yeah, it's been great. Anytime you get the opportunity to, to share in, uh, you know, the part of the life that they helped you uh, carve out for yourself, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty special. Obviously, they've sacrificed a lot of time. A lot of money, a lot of effort to, to get us to to the point where we could make it to the NHL, and it's it's kind of cool that they're able to to come here and enjoy uh, a couple of days of it. Uh, your dad played in Canadian Football League. Uh, your mother was a boss. Who's who's the better athlete? Do you think? Uh, I would say my mom, just because I know it's going to make my dad much uh, much more angry than if I said him. So uh, no, he's. Uh, He's probably one of the best best athletes. You talk to any of his friends and whatnot growing up. Uh, Four three forty. Yeah, uh, I think he got a shout out by Dave Andrewchuk on uh, on the air one time actually that he was the best athlete in Hamilton growing up. So uh, it was tough to hear uh, Dave Andrewchuk say that, but uh, he's a pretty good athlete. Now, in terms of the uh, the kids, who's the best athlete or the extended uh, nurse family? Yeah, I would say Kia is probably the best athlete. She kind of, she kind of pick up any sport she wants and. Uh, excel at it so I would say she's probably the best athlete um, this has been an interesting stretch because there have been opportunities you know obviously things against St. Louis didn't end the way you wanted to you guys created a lot of opportunities against Anaheim ended up losing it was a 50-50 game I think against Nashville just a thought on how things have gone recently for the Oilers yeah obviously the the results aren't where 
where we want them. But uh, with that said, we've we've been in every game. It's not like we've been uh, outplayed. We've been giving ourselves lots of opportunities to to win games, and we have to continue to do that and you know tighten up a little bit. But uh, you know, with that said, it's it's a it's a long year, and there's ups and downs. I think you know the hockey that we've been playing here has been more consistent than uh, the start. Um, can you put too much pressure on yourself? You, I mean, you talked after the game against St. Louis, and I know that you know you turn the puck over. That happens when you're playing 23, 24 minutes a game. You have to have ownership. But can you put you be too hard on yourself, or can you never be too hard on yourself? No, I think there's a, there's a line for sure. I mean, you don't want to beat yourself. We got to be real, realistic for sure. But uh, there's definitely moments, uh, you know, when you have a lot of responsibility to, to go out there and make plays and, and big, big. Uh, Big minutes in the game, you can't uh, you, you can't make certain mistakes, and that's uh, for me. I, I know that, and um, I'm always gonna be harder on myself. I'm gonna be harder on myself than anyone will be uh, on me, but I'll also be very realistic. For you, does it matter who you play with? I mean, they've sort of moved. Like you play a lot with CC basically for the last year, but recently, sometimes with Bouchard, you'll occasionally even a look with Tyson Berry. Does it change your game in any way, shape, or form? No, I think you just play kind of the situation of the game, but uh, you know all the guys on the right side are so capable of, of making plays and, and defending, and you just try to, uh, you know, for me, I think they know the, the game that I bring and then try to you know open up ice ice for them and skate and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, any time you get out there, there are three really good players that are, that are smart and, and, and make good plays with the puck. So uh, for me, whoever you get out there with, uh, try to make the most of it. We're not in the room. Um, you know, and I always cringe a little when media say, well, this is what's going on. I'm like, how the hell do you know what's going on in the room? You're not actually in the room. So I'm going to ask you, uh, Mike Smith, by all reports, vocal guy, Duncan Keith a little bit understated, lots of experience between those two players, almost 35 years of NHL experience. Have you missed a little bit of what those guys brought? Yeah, 100% you miss... Uh some of the some of the vocal leadership. I mean, but uh, I mean, let's 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 be honest with ourselves. We were sitting uh, here last time at, at this time of year. I think we we're in a 12 game slot, and uh, you know this this group is has been perfect. But uh, we're continuing to find our game. We're continuing to be better, and um, we definitely do need to be better. We need. You know more results. We want to put more wins together and string them together. But the same in the same token, I think we got a lot of, lot of belief in this group and a lot of uh, a lot of confidence in this group. Now, just to wrap up, we're going to circle back to the dads, and we haven't had a chance to be around the guys. No, you guys have done your things, but even in a brief conversation with a couple of guys, I've noticed, geez, that wouldn't surprise me. Like when you meet Brett Kulak's father, I go, "Yep, that's Brett Kulak." <laughs> is, is there have some of the kids got the same like? You know, Tyson Berry's a funny guy. Len Berry, he's a fun guy. Have you noticed that uh, you can see where maybe some of the some of the guys get some of their characteristics from when you meet the fathers? 100%. I think uh, the mannerisms and uh, the way everyone carries themselves, you look at uh, their father right beside them, it's usually very, very similar. And it's uh, it's kind of a cool cool effect that you, you take in during the during the course of this, this father's trip is you get to see where everyone came from. And uh, like, like you said, there's a lot of similarities. There you go. That's Darnell Nurse, Edmonton Oilers assistant uh, captain. Tough one tonight for Edmonton against Dallas. The Oilers are going to need everybody all in. No question about it. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, former Oilers head coach Ron Lowe to talk about some of those memorable Oilers Dallas series from years gone past. This is Oilers Now.